The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast. I'm your host, Jason, along with my co-host, Roger, and uh, we're excited to be here for another episode. And uh, in this episode, we are planning to uh, come back to the theme of sanctification, uh, kind of our third installment on the topic, and we want to get at some important issues pertaining to that. But before we do that, um, as always, we have a question that we'd like to ask one another, and here's the question for Roger uh, that I'd like you to answer here. Uh, Roger, what do you regret, if anything, uh, from your time of study, uh, first for the MDiv uh, and then for the DMIN? Anything that you regret in that course of studying, your time of studying for those degrees, uh, now that you look back on them? I think for my MDiv, I would say not getting to know the professors on a deeper level. I wish I would have had some deeper relationships uh, with some professors. The demon is so fresh, uh, just finishing, and it was such a great experience. And I kind of uh, uh, did the opposite. I actually got to know the professors much more and had relationships outside uh, after the program. So I don't really have any regrets uh, from that. Um, but how about you uh, with, with your multiple? Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, for, for me, I, I, I wish I had not worked as much um, outside of school, actually for both programs <laughs> somehow. I wish that was possible. <laughs> but especially for the MDiv, I, I remember putting in you know easily 30 hours of ministry while mm. trying to do the, the, the full course of MDiv uh, uh, coursework and study. I wish I had spent a little more time on campus. Uh, I spent a lot of time with professors, so that was nice. I got to know them mm-hmm. well, um, but I wish I had been able to just really focus a little bit more on on the studies um, instead of, you know, I, I love the ministry aspect, of course, but yeah, just focusing would have been good. And for the, the PhD program, probably um, uh, it, it, it's a regret, but that had no, there was no possibility of doing it otherwise, which is, again, if there was any chance to, to not work and just focus on, on uh, research would have been great, but uh, not, not in this uh, lifetime, not this calling at least. Um, But those would be the things that I I wish uh, could have been a little different. Um, Well, you know, I kind of bring those things up because it's part of our sanctification. this process of studying and looking back going, okay, what changed? It's kind of neat that you're, you saw something change in yours, you know, when Mm -hmm. from the MDiv to the, the, to the DMIN, you, you kind of corrected what had was not as uh, strong for you the first time around and sanctification, obviously being a process um, of growth where the spirit is working on us and, and bringing out growth in us. Um, sometimes it's good to look back. Uh, sometimes it's better not to look back. <laughs> but as we're thinking about this this topic of sanctification yet again, um, could you answer, let, let, just to get us started, I think we may have addressed this a little bit before, but 
let's start with asking what really is, what's the goal of sanctification uh, so that we can then talk about what are some cautions to that process that we should be looking out for. So first let's start with, Hey, what's the goal of sanctification? Yeah, we talked about different definitions of sanctification and there's, you know, different ways or different angles. If I would simplify it uh, in a short statement, uh, I, I would put it of, uh, as we're, we're being transformed from the inside out to reflect Christ in our lives. The spirit is working inside of our hearts changing our thoughts, our desires, our will to conform it more to the likeness of Christ in this life. Yeah. Yeah. I recently uh, preached a, a message on a related theme and one of the comments that I had read, and then I think I tried to add on to it in terms of definition, the, the idea of the, the spirit of God reproducing the character of God mm -hmm. in us. Yeah. And, and, uh, I think Gordon Fee was the one who said that initial part. And I thought that was nice. That was a good way of thinking about it, that, that really what's happening is the Lord is reproducing his own image, his own character, his own heart um, yeah. in his, his children. Um, but again, the, the, the emphasis there is on his spirit doing the, the work. Mm -hmm. And um, I think sometimes we forget that. Uh, but there's a lot of other things that we forget or we we misunderstand. So, Roger, yeah. I know this has been something you've cared about a lot and, and been thinking about a lot. So mm -hmm. what would you say are some of the cautions uh, that we need to be looking out for for this process of sanctification that takes place? Yeah, I think, you know, even starting with what our goals are and, and what is our, our primary goal? I, I think that we can even have a Christ-less sanctification where sanctification becomes about us and about what what we're doing, how we're changing, and and Christ isn't in it, and and that's not the goal for our lives to have the focus on us and be gauging our performance, engaging our behavior, and looking at us. So I, I think as a foundation, it's it's keeping our eyes on Christ. Um, that, because, yeah, I was just saying without that, that would just be that would be moralism, right? That would just be some sort of morality that we're trying to live out rather than Christianity. But I think even in the church, we have that, right? We oh, yeah. have that Christian moralism that leaves Christ out of it. And it's right. all about, about us. Yep. Um, and that's dangerous because when we do that, then it leads into a lot of these cautions, I would call them of when we're thinking about sanctification, what can happen. Um, one of the ideas I think of, of first is is it's simplistic we just think of okay we just need to stop sinning and live righteously i said just stop it and put it off and put on christ put on righteous living and i think we we simplify it to a point that's not very helpful if it was that easy we'd all be perfect and, and but you're not well only you are but sorry i haven't i oh, haven't got okay. there yet <laughs> okay. So I, I was not understanding. Um, so so, so do, do you think there are people out there that actually believe this, uh, Roger, that they could just kind of tell you, Hey, repent, just stop it. I think there are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of people who, even as we go through these may not say it with the words uh, like that, but that's how they live. And that's how they encourage other people. Yeah. Of yeah. Just 
this is a process. Just, you just need to stop doing that behavior. Don't we do that with our kids? Just stop. <laughs> stop screaming at each other. Stop misbehaving. Stop getting up. And we're, we, we're just natural. We're natural. Uh, law, you know, law is in our hearts. Oh, you will stop convicting me right now because <laughs> I, I actually uh, had not thought of it in those terms when I'm thinking about my children. So great. I, I appreciate you. <laughs> Uh, shattering my my parenting methodology now. Well, if I uh, feel convicted, I got to share it with you. And you gotta... <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no, that's good though. That's a good point. I mean, even yeah. in our parenting, that can come out. That's right. Just stop it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Well, what other cautions uh, are there that you can think of? I think this one is is one where we can all fall into it. Is being formulaic. So it's the, okay, how do, how do we grow in our faith? Well, we need to read our Bible. We need to pray every day. We need to be in fellowship. Just do these three things. And if you do them enough, it's going to mean growth. Like we're promising, we're over-promising and just saying that sanctification is a formula. I think it was David Powelson that brought that up in, in his book on how does sanctification work, where he said that the formulaic method, it, it leads us astray because we think we can just control uh, ourselves and just, okay, if I just do this, this, and that, then I can guarantee it. But that's not how God works in all of our lives. He, he works differently. Well, and, and formulas seem to lend themselves to legalism. Mm. Uh, I think it makes it easier to fall into that trap of a checklist. Uh, but don't you think people are often asking for the formula? Yeah, because the formula seems like it's something you can control. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think, you know, we, we like it. Well, just tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. I, I want to grow. So tell me what to do. Um, which again, first of all, like you said earlier, it emphasizes me and not the work that the Lord is doing. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, it promises something that it can't possibly um, uh, fulfill. And, and there, it's not just read your Bible and pray every day. Although I was uh, joking with you, Roger, off the air that our kids learned a song like that in, uh, in their, their uh, elementary, their Christian school that they went to before. Um, read your Bible, pray every day, and you're going to grow, grow, grow. Well, that's not always the case because there are times that people read their Bible and pray every day and they struggle, struggle, struggle. Yeah. And when I say there are people, I mean me. <laughs> there are times, right, mm -hmm. that we go through that. And it's, but it's not just read and pray and fellowship. Uh, sometimes it's if you just serve. Yeah. Or, um, or depending on which period of time we're living in, it could be if you just wear the WWJD bracelet, or <laughs> if you just uh, pray the prayer of Jabez, uh, you know, 10 times a day or whatever, or if you do the Daniel diet, I don't know, there's all these formulas. Um, and, and they seem to do, they, they dehumanize us almost. Yeah, they appeal to our flesh. Yeah. And they try to try to reduce it to our, our, our trying to control it. But, mm -hmm. you know, I was even talking to one of the guys uh, recently and talking about, um, you know, just how we should live our life before the Lord. And I said, you know, I don't really need to give you a list of here's the 10 things you need to do. 
if you really had the desire in the heart, would you even need to ask the questions? Or would you mm. just be so motivated and desire that you just want to live for him? And so it doesn't become, okay, here's the steps I need to take. No, you're just going to naturally. It's just part of your relationship. These aren't bad things in and of themselves or what connect us to the Lord. But if we make them mechanical, then they're not fulfilling their purpose of connecting us. They're becoming a means to an end. And is that end the right uh, motive of our heart? So let me ask you this. Um, When we have counseled, couples, let's say that have communication problems, uh, you know, you, you tell them, Hey, set aside X amount of time and and talk every night or whatever it might be some sort of counsel like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, just like we tell Christians, Hey, set aside 30 minutes a day and read and pray. And, um, is that sometimes helpful as a boost to get them into, uh, the habit of, reading scripture and, and praying because it's not formulaic and it's not magical. It doesn't mm-hmm. just, just by reading, you're not going to suddenly be sanctified. That's not how it yeah. works. Right. Um, it's part of our relationship with the Lord. Uh, but can a formula, if, can it be used properly? I guess that's the question I'm asking. I, I think if, if we're leading people to uh, this doesn't have to become I. I have to, but I want to, and, and you, and you have that desire in your heart and it's spurring the desire. That's what we want to lead people to. But if we're leading to them, if you just got to do this, if you're not doing this, uh, you know, then it's, it's, we, we might be leading them to more of a structure that um, uh, can become formulaic, but I don't think we, 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 we do want to encourage people to have that, dynamic relationship with the Lord, um, but we can't put our own expectations for ourselves on other people. So if we find, okay, we like to read this amount of time and that's, that's what you need too, then uh, that's putting expectations that God has not put on us. That's He's right. not commanded us. Okay. You need 30 minutes a day in my word reading, you know, it's, it's, he wants us to have the desire to, so you, you want to, and you're going to go before him. He's your father. I mean, this isn't a, a shouldn't have to push you to go to your father who loves right. you and cares for you. Right. We want to get to that point in our lives. Yeah. Just like if, if the, if the, the married couple that you're counseling, if, if they only talked because that's what the counselor said, yeah. from that, <laughs> that point on, well, I know I'm supposed to do this. So every day we're going to talk, you know, yeah. if, if that's what, if that's the goal that that's not going to be very helpful. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the, 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 it's, it should never be, the formula is not an end in itself. And that's why we try to avoid formulas at all. Uh, we want to point them to Christ and, and point them to, like you said, desire him and, and pray that he'll change their hearts to desire him, um, et cetera. Good. What, what other potential pitfalls or, or cautions with regard to this process of sanctification? I, th- I think we can be unbalanced with the truth. In a sense where when we look at scripture and we see indicatives and imperatives, um, we can do a couple of different things. We can focus on one or the other, 
and not not consider the other, or we can put it in the wrong uh, wrong order where we put imperatives before indicatives. So we know the scriptures when it talks about the indicative, it's telling us the truth about who we are. This is who you are in Christ. You're united with Christ. You're saved. You're redeemed. You're sanctified. All the truth about us. And the imperatives are the commands of scripture. So we know Paul and the epistles will start with the imperatives. Who, here's who you are. Because of who you are, live out that truth. If we solely focus on indicatives and we never talk about imperatives, then we're unbalanced. We're not holding the whole truth. And that could lead to not, not obeying the Lord in areas he wants us to obey. And we're supposed to uh, look at all scripture and, and think through that. At the same time, if we put the imperatives before the indicatives and just say, do, 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 obey, 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 but we're not telling people who they are in Christ, then what we could be doing is creating morality, behavioralism, outward external belief or uh, external conformity without inward change that leads to it. And yeah. I think this is probably one of the most important things that we wrestle with is you know, remembering who we are in Christ, that is what should fuel and drive all of those imperatives that they don't become like Hebrew says, it's not burdensome uh, to you. You know, it's, it's fascinating that if you read the new Testament, there's never a time in which uh, the apostles will call a person to obedience who are not in Christ. Like they're not mm. going to, they, they don't expect you to, yeah. they're not writing to non-believers saying, Hey, live this way. They actually tell the Christians that this, the heathens live that way. Yeah. They, they live a different way. And now that you're a Christian, you shouldn't live that way. Right. It's always the indicative first, then the imperative. And it's always an emphasis on the imperative because of the indicative. There's never, you know, th yeah. there's never these imperatives somehow absent the indicative. It's always look, you can do this because of who you are in Christ. So now do it, abound, live out what God has already done in you. Um, and I think that's, like you said, that order must be maintained. Um, and I think in a sense, um, you, 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 this, this balance that you're talking about is crucial. It's not always easy. Uh, another way of talking about it, theologically, we talk about the law and the gospel, yeah. um, that we've got to be careful to make sure we put it in the right order that, yeah, the law pushes us to the gospel, but then there's a life that comes out like a, a, a lawful or gospel lawful living, right. In a sense, yeah. living out love, but you can't live that out without having first been a new creation in Christ. So let's, you know, we don't want to confuse those categories. So it's really important um, to think about that when we're talking about sanctification. And I think they have some ramifications, too, of how we think and how we live our lives and what we feel about even our lives. Um, Jerry Bridges brought this out in um, years ago when I read where he said that uh, we can often get in this performance trap where we're performing for God. So we look at our life and we think, did I obey God today or not? If we obeyed him, we think, OK, we had a good day. If we didn't obey him, we had a bad day. And then we base our relationship with Christ on how we are doing instead of basing it on what he has done for us. 
And that leads to so many errors. One is, is now it's become about you and you're trying to earn God's favor based on your obedience instead of everything has been earned because of your justification. He died for you and you can live this life of, of trying to earn God's blessing or thinking he owes you or, you know, getting in those thoughts that it's now becoming about you. And, and he even says on your worst day, God loves you just as much as on the day you think you had your best day. Yeah. When you sinned and messed up that he still loves you. Yeah. And, and, and if you, if you think about that kind of theologically too, there's good reason for the Lord giving us that assurance because he doesn't love us um, on our own. Mm-hmm. He loves us in Christ and his love for Christ couldn't be more perfect and it couldn't, it, could, it doesn't change. We're, we're in Christ and that's why we're loved and we're loved fully like Christ is loved because we're in him. That's something that we need to, you know, uh, do cartwheels over every time we think about it. Yep. Uh, and, and so it's not, you know, how could we, could we ever add to the work of Christ? Mm-hmm. Uh, of course not. So, so then we're not going to get, to, to please God more on one day and less on the other, because it, Christ has pleased the father and we're in him in that. And now out of grateful hearts and gratitude, now we want to pursue him more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's something we we've just really got to emphasize. Yeah. So that's a, it's an important caution there, that unbalanced uh, perspective what else uh, is out there as a potential pitfall or something you want to caution us with regard I to? Think, I think we can have unrealistic goals. And, and this I want to be careful of to say that uh, there is a tension. Uh, we're not going to be perfect this side of eternity. We know that there is glorification when we will be transformed into the image of Christ and will no longer sin. But until then, we still have the ability to sin. When we're with him in eternity, we'll have no ability to sin. You probably know, remember the Latin phrases for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think it was with a Luther who came up. <laughs> Augustine, actually, but yeah. Augustine, okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're the church okay. history. That, that's why we... It's all good. <laughs> uh, but we can have un- unrealistic goals of thinking, okay, in this amount of time, I should be here in my Christian life. You know, you often hear people say, I thought I'd be further along. And there's this idea that, okay, you're just going to make steps. And every year, you're just going to increase and increase and increase. And it's like, okay, right before you get into glory, you're almost perfect. And I think that 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 being unrealistic with how God is changing us, God has not promised us a level of sanctification in it in that we're going to get to he he has already sanctified us set us apart and he is transforming and growing us but there isn't a promise of you're going to grow this far and you're going to be pleased then again it's back on you it's it's taken off of the work of christ working in you all glory should go to him for anything that good has come out or changed it's not yeah here here's i did it i i overcame this no humility of the lord worked and look what the lord has done in in me amen that's so important uh you know we uh we do have these expectations we have them like you said misplaced 
we um, we have our own goals and that's because we want to be Lord of our own lives, mm. even when it comes to our relationship with Christ himself. Yeah. And this is a, a struggle that we, we have. And unfortunately, I think there have been people that have, uh, have a view that basically says, if you're not perfect, you know, then there's something wrong with you. Yeah. And, and the answer is just, yeah, there is something wrong with us. We're this side of eternity. <laughs> we're, we're fallen beings in the process of, of, of being redeemed and, and, uh, and being sanctified. And, um, but yeah, there, this, this, if you think you're going to be perfect, this side of eternity, you're doing a number of things. You're probably changing the definition of sin. Mm. Uh, like we've seen people do, mm-hmm. um, you're either, you know, you're lowering the bar and, 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 uh, you're not abiding by the standards that God has set forth. You know, th- th- this is, this is a problem. Um, what about any one particular sin though, Roger, can we, can we beat one sin at least this side of eternity? Can I put it to death and never deal with it again? Well, since you're already perfect, give us a list of all the ones you've <laughs> beat. <laughs> I <think>. well, <laughs> Where should I, I start? Yeah. <laughs> I think we could say that the Lord uh, through the spirit helps us to put sin to death in the sense of he weakens the power, but there is no promise that there's a removal of, of ever being tempted again in the future, but by weakening its power and to the Lord working in us, uh, we have to be on guard. But I don't think we could say we're beyond any particular temptation. We may not struggle with something or we may struggle with something that we're more prone to. You know, we have different, our our sin nature has come out differently. But I don't think it's wise to say that a Christian could never commit a particular sin. I don't see that anywhere in scripture saying, you know, I mean, we see the opposite of just the grave sins they fall into. And we don't even talk about you know, some of the things they were doing um, yeah. and the, the practices. So, you know, that can, that can separate us from others and think that we're more, somehow we're more righteous because we don't do this yeah. and other people do that. And that's a, a I mean, I've, I've heard, I've heard a, a number of Christians in the past say, you know, as we're thinking about someone who's, who's openly, confessed falling into some, some sin that we would consider just this outrageous sin, you know, and I've heard them say, well, I would never fall into that. Um, and then I think about that and I think, yeah, but for the grace of God, uh, I I probably would fall into every possible sin. So Mm -hmm. we got to be careful. On the other hand, what I do want to say is, Hey, scripture is pretty clear on the fact that any given temptation that comes our way, we don't, it doesn't have power over us the way it did when we were mm-hmm. still in the flesh. Yeah. We have um, the, the, the spirit uh, and the new birth and, and we're a new creation. So we're not s- slaves to sin any longer. And we can say no to that temptation uh, when it comes. Um, so it's not that we're saying you're trapped, you're going to sin no matter what we're yeah. saying uh, that, we don't believe this side of eternity that you will ever be perfected or no longer susceptible to any sin. Um, at the same time, you will have power to say no uh, and, and offer your lives and your body as a slave to righteousness. 
And I think we're saying that because we're not looking at sin as not external outward behavior. We're looking at the heart. And as the heart is being renewed, there are areas in the heart that can still come out. And that's where sin originates. It originated and began there. It just shows up on the outside after it's festered long enough. It gives birth to sin as the word picture James uses. And so we can never say our hearts have could never gravitate towards something or, you know, the, those thoughts and desires. Um, and so the, that puts the level of, no, we're not talking about, here's the list of those sins. We're talking about, well, if you look at the heart, we got, you know, the heart's deceitful and wicked beyond our understanding. He who thinks he knows his heart mm-hmm. is, truly doesn't know uh, yeah. what he's capable of. Yeah. And that, and that's yeah. the whole reason Christ came to, to give us new hearts. Mm-hmm. That, that's the issue is, is, is the heart. It's not the, it's not the, uh, the, the, the body. Um, and it's, it's not even the behavior that, that flows from the heart. And so the behavior is a problem certainly. Uh, yeah. But it, like you you've emphasized many times, and I want us to keep emphasizing really it's the heart that, that is the, uh, the issue at hand. And, and we see that in so many different ways. Um, Roger, there's so much to talk through on, on this topic. And I, I'm, I have some ideas in mind as to what I'd like to talk about mm-hmm. some more in another episode as well. But mm-hmm. as we're, we're wrapping up this conversation, um, what's uh, one thing that kind of you'd like to emphasize more or, or something that we've talked about that's stood out that you want to bring to our audience uh, again and emphasize? Yeah, I think even just the last comments we're talking about getting back to the heart is is we need to stay there to have the right view on our sanctification. If we get too far from our own understanding of the heart, the thoughts, the desires, the the will that's going on in there, then we can fall into some uh, some areas that lead us from how God is truly changing and transforming us. Yeah. How about you? I was thinking we may not have used this language in, in today's episode, but what I want to, what I would want our people to um, understand and, and take home and think about is that uh, sanctification always comes after justification. Mm-hmm. And we've got to keep that in mind that yep. it doesn't lead to our justification. It doesn't lead to us now becoming made right before God in any way, shape or form we've already been justified in Christ by faith through grace or by grace through faith, excuse me, got my prepositions wrong. Um, But uh, so that's a done deal once for all. uh, And then that puts us on this trajectory toward sanctification and and growing. uh, And and I want us to keep that uh, order. Like you've talked about it, right. It's gotta be justification, and then sanctification. Of course, there's an initial just uh, sanctification that takes place right at the moment um, as well. But this is so important to, to remember that our sanctification does not play any role in our justification. So it is simply uh, our we pursue holiness out of gratefulness um, for what he's already yeah. done in us. And I think that's just something that I'd like to emphasize. But what I want to explore more and maybe on our next episode or sometime down the road, I really want to pick your brain, uh, Roger on, because I know how important desires are in, in your studies, as well as just things you've been thinking about. I want to, I want to think through desires and temptations specifically. Mm. 
I think that'd be an important conversation. That's good. Uh, but I hope that you've all enjoyed this uh, conversation, our third installment on sanctification. I know that there's so much more to talk about, uh, but I hope that it was a blessing uh, to you. And I hope that you'll join us again the next time on the Rod and Staff podcast. God bless. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.